Okay, so you didn't buy a strap-on for you and Ryan? What? No. Oh. I... Oh, gosh, this is so embarrassing. Okay, I... <clears throat> after I got my vajayshul... You got a yeast infection? Yes. Mm. And I, I was nervous that it was gonna smell, so I, I did something. You did all of the things. Ooh. This one says it makes your vagina smell like freshly baked cookies. But why? Because freshly baked cookies is better than, you know, this situation. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B. And we are doing another two-part series with an amazing guest that has a lot to share, a great experience in learning herself and beyond. I'm super excited for this one because we is back to talking about the coochie, baby. We're talking about the box and we're talking about how a good box doesn't necessarily mean a healthy one. So it's another tale of womanhood for women by women. Hello, Coco. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so, guys, I am here today joined with Coco. She goes by Coco the Conversational Freak. And I came across her Instagram and it had so much good just information and knowledge in such a fun way. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. Let's start with the box. But before we get there... Can we get a deep dive into kind of what your journey looked like, maybe from childhood or adolescence um, or your teenage years where you became comfortable with the conversation around your vagina? So it's actually really funny because conversation like this was not held in my household at all. I'm Haitian. I was born in like a very religious household. For all the Caribbeans, you already know what that means. If you say yes. sex, you're gonna be buried in the backyard. So it's just pretty <laughs> much like, I grew up, couldn't ask any questions. It's like, do what you, you're told. It was like school, church, home. There was no extracurricular activities for me. So um, my journey started off pretty rough. I had really bad confidence. Mm. Um, it comes from generational trauma from, you know, people think that they're telling you a good thing by telling you, oh, you're a little too overweight. Oh, you're too much. You're too this, you're too that. And it just keeps registering in your head. So when you hit those teenage years and like a boy shows interest, you're like, oh, okay, hold on. You know what I'm saying? So right. that led to me being sexually assaulted at the age of 15. So that always um, played okay. in my head. And I just had like, okay, let me look for love somewhere else. My dad never told me he loved me until I was 16 years old because in his mind, he went out, he made money, he took care of us. That was his way of loving. So why should I have to actually say it? So I'm actually curious. Can, can, I, can I ask you a question? And, and also j just because you brought up how there wasn't much uplifting support uh, from you and hopefully this isn't triggering. I do want to know that the experience of sexual assault at 15 at the time, did you know it was assault or is that something that you've realized later on that that was something that you didn't want? So I have, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. 
I have watched you guys okay. for a while. And, you know, one thing that I've learned in my journey is to own it no matter how ugly it is. And yes, it is difficult mm. to talk about it. But I realized in childhood, my issue was the suppression. Like, oh, it didn't, like constantly putting off to the side. So I'm very open in my journey. And that's why I'm like the conversational freak because let's talk about it no matter how difficult. So basically, this was the assault. He was 18, I was 15. He was a friend of a friend and me thinking I'm grown, like, oh, my dad ain't going to be home, invite him to my house, blah, blah, blah. And I was very naive at the time. He was like, oh, I'm a nympho. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means, but I'm a nympho too. You know what What, I mean? What does that mean? Right, right, right. (laughs) But I was trying to be cool. I was like, okay, me, me too. Okay. So we went to my house and then he wanted to like partake in adult like activities. And I was like, oh, no, like, I don't do that. He's like, but you said you're an info. So what he did was he actually broke my hymen with his hand and was like, well, you're not a virgin anymore. So I guess you could have sex now. Oh, wow. An 18 year old. That's a fucking psychopath. First of all, you're grown. You're a grown ass man. But then two days later, I go on MySpace and, you know, when MySpace was popping, I find out that you have a girlfriend. So I'm like, this whole time you could have just had sex with her, but why, like, would you do that to me? So that at that point was just, it was just hard for me to understand. And I was just kind of like, oh no, that never happened. Oh, maybe it was me. And I just tried to justify in every single way until I got older. I'm just like, no, that was pretty, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. So that's something that you kept in. Did you have anyone to to talk about? To, to, to talk about what happened or any of that thing at the time? No, I actually just went through that internally and like through, mm. you know, college even, like there were situations where like one of my triggers during sex and it's also identifying what your triggers are and communicating that with your partner. Like I don't like 100%. when my, I love sucking dick, but I hate when somebody <laughs> <laughs> pushes my head down because it reminds Same. me of like in college where I felt forced when someone did that, even when I said no. Mm. So that's a trigger for me, but I know that. And I'm like, don't do that. I'm not going to flip out. Cause I, I know what it is. It's not you. It's that action. Right. So I've just been able to along the journey, just figure it out on my own. I've never, I went to therapy a few times in my adulthood, but as a child, it was kind of just rolling with it. And you know what's so unfortunate with so many women? That's how we understand what's right, what's wrong, what we like, what we don't like. Unfortunately, it's by experiencing those things that we don't like or that traumatize us. And that's so unfortunate because so many of us weren't able to have those conversations with other women at younger ages. And a lot of us did start, you know, at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And we don't, we didn't know shit. I, I, I mean, I've, I've had conversations here. I was still fucking washing coochie with shampoo. Like I didn't even really know how to f- take care of my pussy, but here I go letting guys get in me and, and do things without really having that knowledge. I, I do want to ask you too, then, uh, where did you grow up and was there any s- sexual health education in school since you didn't get it from home? So actually I was born in Brooklyn, but I was raised from three and a half to like 
six months ago in Rhode Island. And that's like the small state in the U.S. So, um, I yeah, I didn't know anyone lived there. Girl, <laughs> I just be telling people I live in New York at that point. I just be like, yeah, Long Island, whatever. <laughs> like, forget it. Because clearly you, you didn't know your 50 states. But <laughs> for me, the only sex education that I can really remember is the eighth grade. And it was a birthing video. Oh, wow. That's it? That was it. I. That's Yeah. It. That was it. It's like this. So you are now. And then it goes to the egg and that's all we know about. So at what point. You're, you're, you're now past college. You're an adult. At what point did you start really creating that relationship um, with your vagina in and out of sex? So. I was in a, I wasn't aware that I was in a relationship that didn't serve me. That was a little toxic, a lot of gaslighting. And I was in it for six and a half years. I took a solo trip to Mexico. I was like, I just need to get away. This is the man I thought I was going to marry and all of this. And two days later, I was just like, this ain't gonna work. And then I started just like having a whole, whole phase. And I was just like, hold on, let me make sure. What do I like? My vagina, like, because I've only known that one man as far right. as, like, longevity. So I was just like, let me, I want to just research and Bob, just make sure that I'm good for me because I don't want to catch nothing. I'm too, I'm, hey. no, that's not happening. And, like, through, like, research and reading and really just self-education, I was able to just know the difference between vagina isn't just texture. It isn't just, oh, her vagina's wet. It's the best. No, it's not because homegirl just gave you an underlying like infection that you didn't know about. Mm. So that's what I want. I, I, and I love that you talk about that. A lot of us uh, assume that moisture and wetness means that my box is good and my pussy is wet and it's moist. So let's talk about that then. What is the difference between good box and healthy box? And how do you know when something is essentially unhealthy or, or unbalanced? Okay, so let's take this into a couple parts. So the I think people, even just in action, everybody's focused on the feel good. If it makes us feel good, we don't care about anything else. We feel good in that moment. So mm. a good box, by definition, it's wet, it's warm, it wraps around that dick the right way, and you just it's have tight. Yep. yep. Here's the thing. Your vagina can be wet, and gushy and creamy, but normal discharge is clear or white. Yeast infection mm. is also white. Sometimes doesn't have an odor. So what you think you're creaming on is actually a whole yeast infection. Mm. But if you actually know your body, you will start to know the signs. So for me, I knew I had, what was I? I don't remember how I caught this yeast infection, but I had one. And as soon as I got it, I knew. Because I know what. what? Yeah. Your body. Okay. And how did you get to where you knew your body? Or you got so in tune with your body? Because that's the thing. I think a lot of women aren't sure how to even become in tune with their body. What are some things that you did to get there? One, I, and this is a major thing. And I hate the fact that people relate eating good with, oh, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to diet. 
No. Mm. The same way your kidneys need water, your vagina needs water. The same way your liver and they need certain nutrients and able to properly function, your vagina is the same way. People relate sex and vagina as vagina is simply for sex. No. Your vagina is mm. for you, your feminine energy, your power to have babies, for you to enjoy. So why wouldn't you treat it as such? Why wouldn't you treat it like you treat your Balenciagas and your purses? Mm. So it's in your diet, like your leafy greens. And if you want to take it a step further, women need to get on their probiotics. Because mm -hmm. now, y'all, please don't. Don't say COVID told you probiotics gonna stop you from getting STD. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when your vagina is very healthy and you have sex with someone who may have an STD, your body can actually reject it where it doesn't actually live and thrive in your vagina because it's so healthy. Mm. So your vagina can actually protect you, but you have to protect your vagina first. I know that's right. And so how do you go about doing that? Yeah, like, how do you go about doing that? What is your routine in keeping your vagina healthy? What does that look like for you? I cleanse my body out. So what that means is just upping. Some people can't do a juice cleanse. I understand that. So it's just replacing those things where it's just like in the morning, I would put sea moss, um, spinach, uh, coconut, any, anything that's like really good for your vagina. I would make it into a smoothie in the morning. Okay. I never missed my omega threes, my probiotics, and my my happy flow. I do not miss it. I'm on that every single day, and I drank water like a champ. Okay. And I started noticing like any little change my vagina would do. I like grab my mirror and I'm like, hold up, what's going on? You red? You irritated? Like, what? Wait a second. A hand mirror? Yeah. Wait, a hand mirror? Okay. The hand mirror is, and, and what do you do with the hand mirror? I take the hand mirror, I spread those legs open, and I look, and I'd be like, you good down there? We we chilling? We good? What do, okay, so with the hand mirror, what do you look for? What is a sign that you need to change something? I, I, I saw even in your post, you talked about ingrowns and, the, and noticing the differences between the hair and the follicles. And what do you what are you looking for in that mirror? Talk to me. What are you looking I, for? I, in love, that I actually really love that question. So every woman <laughs> should have a handheld mirror. Period. Okay. Period. Because if you do not know what normal looks like, you will never know when it's off for you to actually go to the doctor. Okay. So I know my, my vagina, when she's doing good and healthy, I know what she looks like. When she's a little irritated, I go back in my head and I'm like, okay, did I recently just get a wax? And then did I jump in a pool right after? And I'm trying to connect why you're irritated. Okay. Another thing, what you should be looking for is when you spread your legs open, your organs like in there, like your clitoris, your inside, it should be a soft pink. Now, if you start to see it like a red, your vagina is irritated. If you are douching, if you are having a lot of sex, how long ago you had sex, all of that makes a difference in that redness. Now, if it's something that persists, mm. you need to go to the doctor to just make sure that it's not an inflammation, bacterial vaginosis, any of that. That's Noted. one. Two, women have this obsession of, is my vagina pretty? 
is my vagina. Mm. Like everybody's vagina looks different, y'all. Like it does. Some people's clitoris looks like a little dick. I was watching. Well, I'm not gonna get into that. But that was the first time I actually. <laughs> oh yeah, no clit 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 sizes vary amongst a, a multitude of women, and but that's the thing too, and that's that's the problem with porn as well is. They, they bleach, they wax, they do all these things to their vaginas. And we assume that ours has to look like the women in porn. And again, like it, it makes us self-conscious of, of actually just the normalities of our own vaginas. Because yes, they are all going to look different. Yes. So what I want to say to women, especially like if you're having like ingrown hairs, get a dry brush. And before you go get a wax 24 hours before, dry brush. It'll help decrease the ingrown hairs, but do not pop them, pull them, all of that, because now you're putting yourself at risk for an infection. If you are a thicker girl, you're pulling those ingrown hairs and you live in Florida like me, it's going to get hot and sticky and sweaty. Those pores, when you pull it out, become open. Now what you just cause yourself to do is open yourself to having a cyst. And it could actually get to a point where they Mm -hmm. have to cut it open and drain all that fluid out. So by trying to keep up with the Joneses of, you know, pussy looks, you're causing yourself to be put in positions. Now you got a whole scar because of one little bump. Right. That's why I try to like. I I ain't doing that. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking down there for that. I guess my other question then for you, outside of coloration inside, like you mentioned, is there anything that I should be looking for for coloration on the outside to tell me if something is, again, not normal or unhealthy? So irritation on like bumps, just knowing the difference, because I know a lot of also a lot of women don't like the waxing and they shave. You know what it looks you're going to get those like little razor bumps. You're going to get discoloration. It happens. Even I don't I don't shave. I get waxed. I still have discoloration because my thighs rub together. Same. So I, it's going to be a little darker than the rest of me. And it's, I'm fine with that because it's just like, you still going to get this bomb wet. So don't look. If it bothers right. you, don't look because it don't bother me. So just looking for those like <laughs> bumps and irritations, <laughs> the difference. Um, so with the razor bumps, they'll be like really scattered. But when you start to see okay. like, just clumps of like small, tiny, tiny, tiny bumps, just like in clusters, you need to go get yourself checked because that's all. Okay. So that's how you would know. That's how you would know the difference between maybe that being either STD related or a rash that isn't caused by your razor. Yes. And by knowing your body, your body will tell you something before it starts to actually manifest. Mm. Because, okay. What are the signs of a yeast infection? It might not actually be. There's been times where I felt like I was getting one and I was able to quickly just stop it. That I do that with, uh, I do that with, uh, UTIs. I just know if, 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 if I'm, if it's a day, maybe I wasn't even drinking a lot of water, but I realize I'm, I'm starting to go to the bathroom a whole lot. I go ahead and pop one of my cranberry azos and there's preventative azo. There is, uh, uh, infection blocking. And then of course there's the azo that you take once you're full on 
in a UTI, but there is preventative measures for that. And also the apple cider vinegar gummies, those also help in regulating and making sure everything's good down there as well. So I take those too. But yeah, UTI is something that I, I'm good with. With Talk to me. You got something else for me? Just hold on. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Well, I just want people to just understand, just be careful with the types of gummies you're taking. Because of course. some of them, some companies use, for the taste, some companies use a lot of sugar. And if you are someone who has a yeast yes. infection, sugar, yeast grows like off of sugar. So you don't want to like, oh, I'm taking my vitamins. That, that is something I did not know. I did not know that. So wait, if you have a yeast infection, you would then recommend as well someone to steer clear of sweets and sugars. And- yes. Ah, I did not know that. Yeast thrives off of it. Okay, so if I have a yeast infection and, you know, maybe I'm I'm working through, of course, I maybe grab the monostat or whatever is used to clear whatever my, my doctor prescribed to me. What other things then, like you said, diet is important. What other things would you recommend for me to do while I'm getting rid of that yeast infection? Then you said steer clear of sugars. Is there anything else you recommend? Up your water and your leafy greens. Your leafy greens, that's like your vagina's like favorite things. And something I just recently posted is citrus. That's why you'll notice, or not notice because you ain't just going to see it, but women who are (laughs) diabetic get a lot of reoccurring yeast infections because of the diabetes. Ah, girl, you teaching me something. And y'all, we are not doctors. We are just women that are figuring out and learning our bodies. And I think that that's, that's, that's something 100% that we all need to do. And I love Coco that you have, you know, this whole, this whole setup. Of, of, I know what I need to do to make sure I'm healthy at all times. I love it. Guys, I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, Coco has another story and another tale to share with us. And I'm super excited because it is on something that we have not yet touched here on this pod. So I'm super excited. Thank you, Coco, for joining us in this part one. We will be back. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Why did I not know that you guys get yeast infections? Well, it's not something you necessarily advertise like, hey, everybody, my vagina's making yeast. Yeah, but we're not everybody. I mean, we were more than comfortable talking about what strap-on cat would be. Why aren't we comfortable talking about, you know, our problems down there? It's the patriarchy, bro. Bro.